Coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 113, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we go over a previously played game, and then we give our top 10 what the BGG should be. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. <laughs> I'm Richie. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I, I was even... trying to figure out how to say it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you it. said it right. Yeah, whatever. Well, we'll figure that out <laughs> we'll when we get closer later. to the, the draft. Yeah. We don't even know what we're doing right now. So <laughs> you know what? Chad really doesn't know what we're doing. Yeah, I don't. So. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, yeah, I didn't. So there were two texts that came earlier this week, you know, one about that. And then I actually, I was still concerned about Clef because of <laughs> Nebraska's like horrible. I mean, that was a really fun football game to that watch. That was fun actually. to watch. There's some great punting in and that game too. We leave it to Nebraska to just embarrass themselves on a okay. international stage. No, right. No one wants <laughs> to hear about Nebraska no, I'm usually football. not for talking no. about college football at the beginning, but that was if by you far. you start talking about Royals <laughs> baseball, I'm right here for you. <laughs> That was by far the worst onside kick <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. And he, he should not have been allowed to come home. Nope. He should still be in Ireland. Right. You know, starting a new life. Yeah. Because that was bad. Yeah. I Here's the thing, though. I was re, I seriously was worried about Clef, though, because uh, as soon as I was like, oh, oh, my goodness. And then and then Clef's like, you guys actually didn't think something else would happen? And then I was like, well, I thought they were playing pretty well in that first half. They were getting manhandled a little bit, but they were playing pretty well. And then like, and then the last text back after one of my responses was Clef just sort of laughing maniacally. And I was like, I'm worried. I think he's gone crazy. I think he's lost it. Well, I, if you're a Husker fan still to this day, you, you've had to go a little crazy. Uh, here's um, what I really, here's what everybody wants to hear about. Clef, new Clef, new Clef this is like uh, Adventures of Old Christine and New Clef. But uh, new Clef went to a war game convention, uh, and we yeah. all want to hear about it. It was in uh, in Kansas City, and it was called Historia KC Con, and it was a war game convention. So doesn't I, doesn't roll so off the lips like KC Con. No, it doesn't roll off the no, not at all. <laughs> I did go to uh, the con. and I went down there with uh, three of my friends, uh, Dan, Brent, and Jeff, and we all went down there and. We brought a couple of games with us because we're gamers and we always do that. And I'm going to tell you now, I'm glad we did. Uh, so first of all, I, you know, I'm going to say this is from my perspective of a con. Okay. To me, if I'm going to a con and I am paying a certain amount of money, um, you know, a substantial, I don't want to say substantial, but you know, a, a certain amount of money that I'm going to be paying for the con there are a few things that I expect out of that con. One is going to be certainly good hosts, you know, people that are going to definitely be like, Hey, you know, Oh, do you, you know, are you interested in playing this? Or, you know, if you see somebody walking around, you know, they're going to go up and be like, Hey, you know, is there's a game over here, you know, different things like that, that, you know, I, I just expect that out of a, and I should say a smaller con, you know, I mean, not, I'm not talking about a Gen Con or even a Geekway or something like that. You know, that's a little bit different, but, um, cause this con was 
I think there was supposedly like 70 people there, but there was really probably, I, I don't know if I saw more than 40 people in the room at any time. Okay. Then you expect a nice place to play. That was a hundred percent. It was at a holiday in and suites. It was a nice big room. They brought in, um, you know, snacks and stuff each day. They had a breakfast in the morning. Not that we had it because we went somewhere else, but I'll talk about the food here in a moment, which was the best part of the con. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, you know, so it, that part was really nice. But the third thing that I just, I just, I don't know. I just expect it. Maybe this is something where other people would say, no, I don't think that's right. But I expect a library. Am I right with that? Do you, would you expect a library at a uh, con? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least something. Okay. They had no library. So, you know, like I said, I'm glad we brought some games. And it wasn't that I felt like we were just kind of on an island, but we certainly just, you know, didn't didn't interact with really anybody else that was there. You know, I mean, you know, I wandered around and looked at some things, but, you know, people were just kind of doing their own thing. They did have a, a designer that was there for the 100-yard uh, war. War or something like that. Though I can't think of the name of the game right now, and I'm sorry. Are it's, you talking about hundred like thousand year war or hundred no, year war? I can't, and I apologize. I don't know, but uh, and he was like kind of given uh, demos of it or whatever. But it wasn't a game that I was necessarily super interested in, so I didn't I didn't check it out or whatever. Um, so really, honestly, it just ended up you know the four of us just kind of played games. We played uh, an amazing game of Pendragon. We played a game of uh, 1941, The Race to Moscow, and then we played a game of The Plain Indian Wars, uh, which is a GMT game. And then we played um, a game called Clash of Cultures. Ooh. Yeah. The so, new one? Uh, the no. New, I think uh, it was the, the old version. version. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because somebody did say there's some new player powers in the new version that's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I've been. So. It's on my wish list that I, I talk myself out of buying it um, constantly. Yeah. So, well. Here's the other thing. And, you know, once again, I, I am not trying to, you know, the con was fine. And I'm sure a lot of people that maybe have gone for a long time, that's kind of what they were looking for. But this was also something that was just a little odd. So when we got there, there was a, like a row of games. And by the way, I'm going to steal this for P, from PPCon, but I'm going to do it better. Okay. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Okay. <laughs> but there was a, like just a table, you know, like four or five tables that had a whole bunch of games that were on it. And we, at first, that's what we thought was a library. And then they said, no, that's the giveaways. And we were like, oh, that's cool. And I mean, there was all kind of cool stuff on there. There was, there was like three or four 18XX games that were on there. There was, um, you know, a bunch of different cool GMT games. There was some really neat stuff on there. And I, you know, I was kind of excited. It was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. I'm going to be, you know, be able to get one of these games. Well, I don't, you know, so then. And it was going to be just like, a, you know, okay, somebody would go up and pick one and then the next person and so on. So how do you think that they did the, how you got to pick a game? Uh, raffle? Uh, no. Who signed up for the con first? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so if you signed up for the con first, you got first pick. I signed up for the con 62nd. Well, it's rewarding those that really want to go to that con. Uh, well, Okay, but like, <laughs> I, so I'm not rewarded since, I mean, I paid the same amount of money and just because I only, you know, realized it a couple of weeks ago, I don't know. I just thought it was a little odd that it would just buy who signed up for it first. I mean, cause maybe somebody had to wait to, you know, have enough money to pay for the ticket. I don't know. I thought it was a little weird. 
So by the time it got to me, all that great stuff, I mean, I was even going to pick up an 18XX game for Chad, you know, if that was what was left. Right, right, you right. You know? But by the time it got down to me, there was there was not a lot. Hmm. But there was Clash of Cultures. Ooh. And I thought, well, I mean, I've heard of this game. You know, I thought, uh, I've heard it's good, you know, but I don't know if it's for me. Well, what the heck, you know? So that's the game that I grabbed. Uh, Dan ended up, he was after me, and he got uh, Indo Window, a trick-taking card game. Okay. It was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was, don't ever play. Yeah, it was bad. Wait. Um, yeah. Is it called Indo, Indo Window or, or is it Indo called window. Indo, Indo Window? <laughs> I'm sorry. To, I just don't know. <laughs> I really couldn't tell. Uh, I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> All right. Ingenious? <laughs> that is so that's different. A, I know. That's a Reiner Canizia game. <laughs> All right. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, did it have little plastic tiles? <laughs> no. No. In symbols? No. I oh. don't even know. I didn't even okay. put it in my phone. I didn't care that much. <laughs> we played like two rounds and we were all like, this is terrible. Anyways, moving on. Uh, so anyways, not a lot to choose, but uh, okay. So we'll talk. So, but we decided since we didn't have very many games in the library, we would play Clash of Culture. So we sat there and read the rule book. And have you played Dawn, uh, Dawn of Civilization, New Dawn of Civilization? No, so I haven't. Okay. No, Civilization, A New Dawn. That's exactly what I just said. Um, it is very similar, except for instead of in, in um, Civilization, you have the Arc Nova card play where you have cards one through five mm -hmm. or whatever, and then you can upgrade, except for in that, it's even more like you can upgrade from a level one to a level two to a level three to level four. You know, you can continue to upgrade your cards. Where in Clash of Cultures, you have just a board that you can just put these cubes on where you just keep getting these different uh, technologies. And like, you have to mm -hmm. do the top one first, but then you can do different ones on there. And then they do all kinds of different things, obviously help you with fighting, help you with moving. And then you're just out of the board and you're trying to make different little areas. And then there's some attacking that you can do to either you can attack somebody or you can do what's called a, a culture change or whatever to like remove one of their buildings and put yours in their place. Like you've taken over their culture. Um, and I, I'll tell you this, I was impressed. I actually thought it was like kind of a little bit of fun game. Okay. Um, like I said, very similar to Civilization. So if you like Civilization, you'll probably like it. If you don't, I don't think you will. Um, I think myself, I liked the card play in Civilization a little bit better. I found that a little more interesting about, you know, but honestly, if you really think about it, it's not a lot different. So, but, you know, um, you know, there was certainly attacking going on. I mean, there was a lot of attacking between the four of us going on. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I would say... For the free game that I got that I wasn't thinking much of, I'm, I'm glad I got it. It was enjoyable. Yeah, cool. Well, I might pick up the new version then. So, okay. Do a little compare. All right. So, did you uh, like 1941 Race to Moscow? Did you like helping the Nazis supply lines? Uh, you know, it's certainly, you know, me, I'm not big into, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, I'm a Nazi that I'm going to do this or whatever. You know, I'm just thinking, here's the mechanics of the game. Um, it is definitely more of a, supply line game than it is a war game. There's not a lot of, you know, I mean, you do have to have certain stuff to battle and do things like that, but you, for the most part, you're, 
it's just a supply line thing. And then you're trying to kind of stop the other two forces that are trying to get towards, you know, Moscow or Leningrad or, or I can't remember the other one, but they're, that you're trying to get to these cities. And so you're trying to do different things to kind of hold them up and then keep your lines moving. Um, I would say it was okay. I, I didn't go away from it going, Oh my God, that's amazing. But I also think that we didn't play enough of the, of stopping each other. I think we were at, so for our first game, we were all just kind of more concentrating on ourselves. And so it just felt like kind of a race as opposed to like a type of a gate, you know, a game of trying to stop each other. So I think if we played it again and knew what to do, I think it would be better. So. Yeah. So that's what was interesting to me about the theme is I kind of thought like, I, I, I can understand at least the argument when there's two, like when, it, when it's a war and you're like, I want to see like what, what was, maybe the thought process of these two warring factions or even though, you know, not a lot of people are like, I would like to play the Taliban or I would like to play the Nazis, you know, like from that perspective, but when it's more like supply lines and, and, and stuff like that, it's like, why why did you choose that theme? But you know, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the first game he did was, uh, uh, something Rhineland or whatever. So it was the same type of thing, except for it was the, you know, the Americans and the British and oh, okay. trying to race towards uh, Germany. So, okay. uh, so that was the, f- the first game that they produced. Um, and I'll tell you, the production is, is pretty nice. I mean, you've got some really cool little, you know, and they're, they're not overdone. They're just little bitty miniatures, to, you know, like with little bitty tanks and stuff. So they're, they're nicely done. I mean, could have been cubes and I've been fine, but mm-hmm. it wasn't bad or whatever. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, but, uh, but then I have just one more thing that I want to talk about from the con. Yeah. Sure. That's food. All right. <laughs> Can we talk so about how, something how other than uh, Jack in the Box Well, tacos? Hey, Richie, I'm going to tell you right now. All right. I had, okay, so first of all, I'll tell you about real quick about the meals and then we'll move on here. But okay. So when we, when we first arrived in Kansas City, we went for breakfast and we went to Waffle House. Which nice. we can't do here in Nebraska because they don't have Waffle Houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, have you been to a Waffle House before? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they make the best hash browns in the entire world. I mean, you you put chili on top of that hash browns with some jalapenos. It is so good. Not doing that, but oh, I can't do that for breakfast. <laughs> oh, no, who's eating chili so for breakfast <laughs> oh. with jalapenos? What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> I know you shouldn't be doing that. Well, <laughs> I did. It was good. So it was a good breakfast. Okay. Not great, but it was a good breakfast. Okay. Then that night for dinner, I had gone to this, this particular place we went to and it was an Italian place. And I had been kind of hyping it up like, Oh, this place is so amazing, you know, type of thing. Right. And you know what usually happens when you hype a place up too much? Everybody goes there and they're like, yeah, okay, it was okay, right? Mm-hmm. So we go there. We go to this this amazing Italian place. I mean, I got What's this, it called? I mean, uh, if you're It's gonna... called Rico's Italian Bistro. Okay. I was hoping you yeah. wasn't going to say like so, Fazoli's or something. I know. No, right? <laughs> this is a one-of place. It's 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 fantastic, okay? I've, it's, I'd eaten there like three times before that, and I honestly, I mean, everything I've had is just delicious. And so we get there, you know, and we got the garlic bread and the cheese bread and then all the pasta comes out. It's just, it's just amazing. Okay. And at the end of the night, everybody was like, that was absolutely amazing. And so it makes you feel good. Like you're like, all right, good. You know, everybody didn't hate it or whatever. Right. So then, um, the next morning we went to a place called the big biscuit. Have you ever heard of the big biscuit? No, but it sounds good. (laughs) Okay. I had the biscuit 
was, I mean, okay, so they're famous for biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a biscuits and gravy fan. I don't like I don't like that type of gravy. I don't know why, but I'm not a big gravy fan there. But the biscuits I love. This biscuit was huge, and it was the most perfect biscuit you could imagine. It was flaky and just perfectly done. And you put a little bit of butter on it or maybe a little jelly, and oh, my God, it was so good. The rest of the food was fine, but the biscuit was just amazing, okay? So that was good. Big biscuit. The big biscuit. All right. Okay? I'm going. Well, so, it sounds like my son's, like, that. The, the, this would be his favorite place. So. It was It was good. And our waitress at the Big Biscuit was amazing. Like she was like super friendly and helpful. And when we told her that we were, you know, visiting, you know, she's asking questions. She was just a really good waitress. So it was a good experience. So then that night for dinner, we're trying to decide where to go for dinner. And everybody goes, let's just go back to Rico's. I was like, okay. all right. There you go. So you know it's good when everybody wants to go back there. So we went back and had Rico's again. It was delicious. Okay. And I'm going to finish the story off by saying, as we left town on Sunday, I had to stop and get my Jack in a box tacos. Right. Okay. Of course. And I had my Jack in a box tacos. And I think I said this even to Chad, I believe maybe I didn't, I can't remember. And I said, after I left, I said, the worst meal I had there was the Jack in a box. (laughs) Coming around. He's coming around. So that's, that's I mean, the key not, here. I mean, but that's because everything else was like really, really yeah. good too. <laughs> but I will say I was like, eh, you know, maybe I'm not quite as like, you know, I don't think I'm going to worry about it when we go to Age of Steam Con. I'm not worried about yeah, the Jack go, come, come to Slaps with us. Oh, I'm coming to Slaps. Come to Slaps. I'm I don't even know what slaps. that is. I, I, oh, you get slapped. I know. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like looking at you guys. I've never been. So like I'm going to be real hesitant because I don't know what I'm getting into. And like with Richie, it could be really like just, out, just walk around. You walk out. in the door. Whap. Walk Chad, in the slaps. No, Chad, come around this building here. It's a No, this is the other entrance. Just get slapped. Yeah. Depends on how long the line is. You might get slapped. Uh, barbecue place. Yeah. Okay. So that they found last time. Uh, well, hey, I mean, I missed it. But I did play an amazing eight-player game. Of that is true. England. That is so, true. Uh, that is one map I notice a lot of people are signing up for for Age of Steam Con Central. It, I, it's still but my favorite. I have I've played it like four times in the past year, so I, I don't know if I'll play it again. But is that the one where you so, can't cross the, yes, the middle and stuff without okay. the smuggler action? It is amazing, but it is tough. It's tough. That that's the map that when uh, I came over at PPCon and Michelle was like teaching people. New people. New people how to play, and then Central New England was on the, map, <laughs> yeah. the board. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to be happy to, I mean, I'm just going to be happy to get to play lots of Age of Steam. I'll, I'll you, probably, you'll be able to sneak in. He'll end up just playing 18XX the whole well, time. Well, Brockman, Brockman wants to play because Brockman's oh, going to be there. Brockman Guess, has gone down a look rabbit at this. hole. Clef, 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 really? Clef has played in the, in the last month with me. Clef has played two 18XX games. I'm <laughs> in have. heaven, man. I'm I in have. heaven. Yes. I have, there's, I, I, like I said, it's just like Root. It's Chad's one of Chad's favorite games. I'm there for him. <laughs> I will play it. And not to mention, it also helps, I think, that Brockman is so, uh, you know, head over heels for him. Yep. Brockman just spent $100 on 18XX games. No. Oh. Brockman, <laughs> what's happening, buddy? That's, and that's that's uh, that's a good price for those, actually, really. Cause- uh, yeah, I found it down there. They were, that was, I guess, the other nice thing about that con is they had some sort of a... Uh, like a swap meet kind of thing? Well, they, unfortunately, it was something. Somebody had passed away that had a oh. ton of war games. Hmm. And the family was literally just going to go throw them in the dump or whatever. And somebody luckily was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they came. And so they had really good price. At least that's the story they made up. Maybe it wasn't even true. But uh, they were selling games like at 30 bucks, like GMT war type of games. Like yep. I got Here I Stand and I got 
uh, Wilderness War, and I got a couple of others. They were 30 bucks for the game. Oh, I got the War of the Rings, right? Yeah. Mm, 30 yeah. bucks, and it was buy two, get one free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was great prices, and then it just got better as the weekend went on. Then it was like buy one, or buy one, get one, buy one and get one free. And the last day it was half off of everything and still get one free. So it was, <laughs> yeah, wow. they, they were they looking didn't to take them home. Yeah. yeah, they were looking to get rid of them. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Brockman got 1860 and 1848, which I think was the one, like, Clef played 1882 with us the other night. And it's just a Charlie Brown voice whenever you start yeah, yeah. listing the titles of the games to me. Well, especially when he starts listing the, uh, <laughs> the makeup and the, the yeah. different things in them, and it's yeah. like, I don't even know. <laughs> but Clef, I think, would play 1848 again. The, the one with the loans and stuff. I think you like that one. Absolutely. For you, Chad, anything, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be sick anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be playing eight, yeah. a lot of 18XX. I thought you were just trying to get out of playing that no, game that I, we needed to play. I was like, oh, trust sorry, me. guys. I wish I could have uh, came out. <laughs> uh, but you did play Pendragon another time. Did you enjoy Pendragon? Uh, has moved into my top four favorite coin games. Wow. I mean. It's big. I'll tell you uh, real quick. I'll, I'll touch on why. And that's because I, I think the battle system is actually very intuitive. Once you understand it, which seems a little weird, but once you kind of get into it, it's really not that hard to understand it, it. It flows pretty well. And the thing I think I like the most about it is, is it has what's called where there's a point where you can have Roman rule. And then there's a part where you can have what's, what's called fragmentation and people's winning conditions are different for if the if Romans are in rule or if it's in fragmentation. And I just think that that's, I mean, for a coin game, that's really fascinating. You're almost like a, okay, well, I'm hedging my bets and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do this, but I'm also thinking, okay, eventually, you know, if we're knocking the Romans down enough, it's going to go into fragmentation. So me as the Saxons, you know, what am I, you know, I got to, you know, try to, to cross both those lines. And it's fantastic. I mean, you know, like we, played for something like seven hours or something, but it's, you get so immersed in the game. It's just, it's amazing. I, I really, really enjoy it. Thematically and mechanically, that wrinkle sounds really interesting. Yeah. Now, how long did it take you? Seven, seven hours we played for. And that was the whole game? Sure. Seven hours they played for. <laughs> <laughs> I know the first time we played, it was over two days. And it was 10 hours. So yeah, uh, we had gotten through two propaganda rounds. We, we had put in a four. Uh, or whatever they call them in this particular one. Uh, we had put in a four, so we were doing a medium-sized game. We got through two. and uh, Were there any Rambo breaks? Yeah, I was so, going to say, they were no, at the con, so no. there was no <laughs> Sylvester Stallone movies uh, to distract them. They had phones. They had there phones. Was, there, was, uh, there was a Jimmy John's break. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I don't think we really stopped playing. I think right. we just, yeah. Someone, we yeah. made Well, we were going to order it for, okay. I don't care. I'm just telling stories. People can <laughs> fast forward if they don't want to hear them. So we try to order Jimmy John's and I go into the app, right? And I look and there's a Jimmy John's a mile away. And I call the Jimmy John's up and I go, hey, do you deliver to the holiday and blah, blah, blah. And of course, the guy goes, let me check. He comes back and he goes, no, we don't deliver to you. The blah, blah, blah store does. And he goes, but they have a water main break, so they're not delivering. <laughs> and I'm thinking you're a mile away. You don't want, right. you know, uh, a $4 tip to come a mile away. And they're like, 
nope. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so then we made Missy go and get the get the Jimmy John's. And, oh, and I forgot Missy went out. Oh, yeah. So She survived? Oh, she loved it. She okay. just went shopping all, yeah. the whole all time. Right. You know, she had a great time while she was down there. So went swimming, did everything. She was, yeah, she was that having was a fun. great time. Yeah, I had a nice Good. little pool there, you know, in the hotel. So, all right. Okay. I'm done talking. What you? What have you guys been doing? <laughs> Boy, people that like tune in just to hear you two is not are not gonna like this episode so far. <laughs> no, especially I have not been playing that much new. Well, I've been playing just the games I love. Uh, I did play. I, this is just more like a public service announcement for those that have wives. I think Freud is one of these people. Have wives that love. <laughs> Sagrada. Just have wives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for those that have wives, <laughs> listen any, up. Any Gosh, <laughs> partners in general. I will post this on just random websites next week. Okay. Just, uh, those who have yeah. wives. Okay. <laughs> that love Sagrada, which is uh, my wife, uh, and Sagrada's fine. It's like a, it's like a three. It's it's a playable game. Very pretty game. Yep. It's a, a great gateway game, uh, but it is. I mean, it's. You know, multiplayer solitaire for the most part, you're just drafting the dice. That's the only interaction that you have. So they have three expansions for it that are module. They have oh. a bunch of modules in them. And of course, since it's Jessica's favorite game, she never wants to throw any new rules in. But this past weekend, I finally got her to try a few of the modules. And we played from the Life expansion, the Masterworks module, which adds a, a whole nother board and all these orange dice. Which she was shaking her head. Once she starts seeing other components come out, she's not excited. She starts shaking her head. But it adds all these these orange dice that have arrows on them. Uh, and in the when you're playing the game, when you go to draft a die, you can sacrifice that die to take one of these dice. And then it goes into your board. And the arrows are going to be pointing at two different spaces. And at the end of the game, as long as the, the spaces that it's pointing to either are the same color or the same value, and then there are some other dice that do have other rules to them you'll get an additional five points if you're unable to do it then you lose two points so you get a little bit of more interaction because people want those dice obviously um, just because they're going to give you extra points and they're they're finite the ones i think there's only six in a a a two-player game Uh, so once they're taken they're gone Uh, but obviously you don't want to take too many of them because you'll start losing points Uh, the other uh, module that we played with that i really enjoyed that made a little bit more interactive of a game um, is from the latest expansion that came out here at Gen Con, which is Glory. Uh, it has uh, these pioneer objectives, which are, uh, so if in the game, they have these public objectives that you're just trying to score, and it's usually have your dice in certain a certain way or a certain type of dice in your window. Uh, with the pioneer objectives, they are, um, they're scored based on who does it first. So now you at least have that interaction there where you're fighting over these different public objectives. So... If you are like me and you're you're trapped playing Sagrada for the rest of your days, trapped in a marriage, okay, pick up, <laughs> pick, pick up the expansions. Uh, at least the glory and the life one have some good modules in them, uh, and we haven't even messed with everything in there. But just the ones that we got to play with so far, I've I have enjoyed. Nice. So okay, that sounds cool. That is very cool. Chad, what have you been playing? Well, wait a minute. Uh, I want to know because yeah. I, I want to know where you're at with. I like hearing these stories. I want to know where you're at with yeah. Knox. I know you guys are playing Marvel United. Are you are you playing anything else with him lately? I like play, what's, we what picked up uh, uh, after you was that on the show? I don't know if that was on the show or yeah, not. Yeah, it was. But, yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah the the Marvel Dice Throne. We yeah. picked that up. Haven't had a chance to play it yet. Okay. He's back in school, so it's, we've been a little bit busy. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we're playing uh, Marvel United. I taught him Draft the Saurus. 
uh, here recently, which is just a super simple drafting game. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what we've been playing lately. Still, Marvel United is probably his favorite, and then King of Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, those are probably like, if you asked him, those would be like his two favorite games. I can't sure. wait. Nice. You'll have to update us when you play Dice Throne, because I think that'll be he's right excited. up his alley, he, yeah, actually. He, he's excited to play it. Cool. Uh, and he liked uh, he liked the Draftosaurus game? He did. He, he enjoyed it quite a bit. His sister is like super into dinosaurs right now. She watches Dino Dana. <laughs> so Isla, the other day, she asked me, like, she likes to embarrass you about your dino knowledge. <laughs> like that you don't know. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> what's it. your uh, what's your favorite dinosaur, dad? And then she's like, I bet it's I bet it's the T-Rex. Like, <laughs> it's like the only so, one you know. so dad. simple, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. Uh, but she's yeah, like, she, eh, go play Sagrada with mom, dad. Yeah. <laughs> she was explaining all the different dinosaurs to us <laughs> yeah. while we were playing, so. That's awesome. That's I love awesome. it. That is so cool. <laughs> well, I still have, do you, do you have uh, the, what is it? Uh, dino... Oh gosh, Genics? Yes, Dinogenics. Hmm. No, I'll 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 let you borrow that just yep. so you guys can set up little imaginary dinosaur pins. Because right. those yeah. meeples are really cool. That, that's what she mainly does. Like any game, yep. that has dinosaurs on it, she'll just pull it out and just play do with that. Pieces, yep. so. and you'll yep. be like, "Your dinosaurs ate people." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about uh, so like really quick, just uh, two games. So I got Finn kind of a little bit more into Marvel Champions with me. Um, I, I net decked a Quicksilver deck off the internet. Um, I'll give it, I'll give the person their, their, their due. It's a, a leadership aspect. So like that particular deck means that they want to get a lot of their allies out. Right. Um, but it is Quicksilver. Uh, it's the deck is from banana crap shoot. So there you go. Um, <laughs> you just wanted to say, banana <laughs> I, I wanted to be sure to give, give their due because they put this deck together. So this deck though, this deck, you have to get like everything out on the board and all the allies and everything for, for Quicksilver. And then basically because his basic power is to re-ready himself, but his stats of attack and thwart and all that are really low, but you can buff him up. So that he has a bunch of those. And then you can just take a turn where he readies and re-readies and readies and re-readies. If you get all the stuff out, like, you know, six times and basically do 80 damage. It's basically made to to um one turn kill the the villain in all of the two stages at once. And so uh Finn and I were playing that and Nova, which is kind of a fun aggression sort of build that he comes out from uh like a pre-constructed deck so we've been playing that and really enjoying that and he's been getting more into it and kind of thinking hey i bet we could stick this card in with this card and so he's kind of getting into the building but the other game i really wanted to talk about because this isn't like uh a, you know chad playing games if i can't talk about trains a little bit so i played this was a while ago but i played luzon rails and i wanted to talk about it it's a cube rails game and it's like a lot of cube rails games but uh the actions that you're taking are based on cards so you basically have an auction at the first of the game and you're auctioning off these companies to a certain extent. And that's just like a regular auction. And when somebody passes it, uh, passes out of the auction, uh, you know, then they're out for the round and, and people just end up with a certain number of, of uh, shares, companies, basically. And then you start the round and somebody could start the, the game with no shares. And that's OK, because you can have a lot of money to uh, be able to get shares later on in the game. So you, you still have power there. But basically, whatever is the winning bid, that money goes into the company for them to do actions, you know, with the company, basically. So the people who have... So kind of the cards, they're, 
you get two cards. Everybody gets two action cards into their hand. And then there is a card row at the bottom of the board that has seven cards in it. And some of the action cards are kind of like auction off a share right then. You can grant the company $5 and put it straight into the company. You can build track in different ways. And some of the track obviously is more expensive, those kinds of things. And, or then you can develop a hex, which basically if you develop it, um, you're going to put a little uh, kind of cube thing on it, uh, like a house, I think. And basically it's going to get you more money if your, if your railroad goes through it. Uh, and you're basically trying to, uh, build up your company, make yourself the most money at the end of the game, essentially. Uh, but, but basically once the cards are all gone from the row, so you can kind of control the end of the round that way, you know, like by leaving cards in and only playing from your hand or whatever, because your, your choice is to play a card at your turn, either from the board or from your hand. Uh, but at the end of the round, uh, when all of those are gone, then you can pay out dividends for the different, uh, the different, uh, companies as they go. But it's a simple, it's a simple cube rails game, but I, I quite liked it. Uh, I think, it, you know, kind of varied as to, um, opinions around the table, but I thought it was a, an interesting wrinkle. It's not anything groundbreaking, but it's a, it's not a hard game to, you know, kind of see how you're going to do it. But it, it's very, like, it's very 18xx like. It definitely mm. feels like that, like a lot of Cube Rails games do. And it moves quick. So okay. it's kind of a nice little, basically, 45-minute uh, filler of a game kind you, of thing. You should uh, you should make, like, your top five Cube Rail games yeah, for the audience do that. You know, for one of these episodes. Are you, uh, yeah, you keeping yeah, an eye so. on the uh, the Slack for Age of Steam Con? I, I need to do that. I know Michelle set up a little uh, uh, no-ship virtual flea market so i oh, think there were some cube market. rail games thrown oh, on, all right so. i gotta check that out then hey punch bunch are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table well do i have a solution for you magnetic hex trays from 3d bitspace they will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver so head on over to 3d bitspace at etsy.com and order yours today and if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. Okay, so now, um, can, can I just be honest right now and say, I ripped this topic off from the Dice Tower. Is that okay to do? I would hope you would be honest, <laughs> yeah. because if you yeah. just acted like it was your own, that yeah, would be worse. My own idea. No, I, I, I do not, and I'm... Not that the Dice Tower, I think, is still a very good channel. I think they sure. do a lot of great stuff. It's not for me anymore. You know, I just don't find any value in, in you know, what they, they talk about or their top tens or anything. It's just not for me. But I did notice they had a topic on there that said what the top 10 of BGG should be. So that got me thinking, why don't we do what we think should be the BGG top 10. And I know we had a little bit of discussion about this before we came on the air tonight, but the way I kind of, and I'll start off. I said, well, the way I kind of looked at this was if I was a gamer, you know, which obviously there was a point when you were a gamer and you first found out about BGG and you went and you clicked on and you said, okay, what are the most, you know, the best games out there? And they have this list. What would I think would be the best list to represent our hobby 
in that top 10 list? You know, what would I want people to see in that list, depending on whatever type of game that they maybe found that they, you know, that they liked, you know, I mean, if they liked a party game or if they liked a co-op game or if they liked a, you know, a war game, you know, what type of things would then they be able to look at a list and go, oh, well, there is one of the best in, you know, the world or whatever, because here it is in this top 10 of BGG. So that's kind of how I looked at this list, not somebody like us who knows every single game, because obviously that would just be our top 10. In that case, we would think that those games should be, you know, the top 10 games on BGG. But so that's, that's how I did it. Chad, how, I mean, I know this was a little bit touch and go for you. When <laughs> this I tried was to really tough it, you know? when I got this text that that was what we were doing. Cause this is the way I approach it. Like usually it's, it's, I think really what happens often is that Clef and Richie talk on like a private text and then they come and they tell me what, what we're going to do. Uh, because we've Not always, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta delete those real quick. <laughs> we've always established, like if two people think something, then the, then the third is always like, okay, that's what it is. Then. Yep, okay. That's uh, our, and democracy. so I, I yep. just was kind of like, well, okay, uh, I guess that's what, and then I was like, I don't, what is this? Like what the top. And so then I was like, how's that different from my top 10 games? Uh, you know, cause I didn't understand. And I didn't see this thing. Um, so that was really difficult. And I, w I was flummoxed because then I was like, okay, are we doing gateway games then? Or like, are we doing the most popular, popular games that aren't Monopoly? Like, is this, you know, Catan and this and that? Uh, so I didn't really know. I did, like, I... I will say I didn't watch their list because I didn't want to be influenced, but I did listen to what I went back to the video today and I listened to what they gave as their rationale. And everybody on that list thing was just a little bit different anyway. But I, I what I liked the best or what sounded made the most sense to me was um, Chris Yee from the Dice Tower said, I approach this like like the AFI top 100 list, like AFI is American film Institute. Uh -huh. And like, yeah. here is the best examples of, yeah. you know, film, you know, and this is what, so it's like an objective. It's not like these aren't my favorites necessarily, yeah. but they are what I would say. If you really want to be well-versed, yes. this is kind of That's, what yeah, you exactly should check right. out. And this, and at the same time too, I picked games that I felt like I had an admiration for like, you know what? These are well-designed okay. games. I think you got the point. Yeah, I think there, you got Chad. there. Yeah, I okay. think you All finally right. got yeah. there. All right. And I had just—I so. knew he had ripped it off, so I—I I had seen the list. So I knew he had ripped it off, so I—I yeah. I, I, so there was no private chat on this one. <laughs> <laughs> on this Straight one, up, <laughs> you saw it all. Um, I really, by the just real quick. I mean, if you, I would say go watch this video because I did think it was interesting. I loved how Chris. Uh, put every board game to a, an album with, uh, did you, you haven't watched it I yet? did not watch it, he, no. He put every one, like, he had one that he compared to, like, ACT, ECDC Black and Black, and he did one that he compared to, like, you know, Magical Mystery Tour or something. I don't know. Like, he he had, each album had something, you know, and, like, his number one he compared to Led Zeppelin for like, the perfect album or something. I don't know. So, mm -hmm. it was really interesting. I, I liked how his comparisons were. But. I will say, with my list, I did try to get a variety of you know, uh, of, of, you know, I'm not yeah, going to pick, the you thing. got there. You I'm got not going to pick like 10 Godfathers or, you know, <laughs> yes. four good, romantic yeah, comedies yep, or something. Got it. Um, okay. And I also, for me, I also decided I ignored mass market 
So, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously completely ignored to me, you know, a monopoly chess checkers, any of those things. Yeah. Cause to me, this is your, you know, entered into coming into the hobby. And I'll also say, and I'll just right off the bat, and maybe this is on your guys's list, but I also ignored Catan because I feel like Catan is more mass market than it almost is board game market. I mean, you sure. people know Catan, you know, I mean, it sold it. Well, not at Toys R Us anymore because they went out of business. But yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. okay. Rich, <laughs> were you pretty much in the same boat? For here? the most was, part, okay. my my rules for myself: nothing in my current top ten. I I broke that one time because, and I'll explain why. Just because there's no replacement for. Oh, this, really. in your current. Top in my 10. own current okay. top ten, and then nothing that's obviously in the current top ten right now in the BGG. I I took out. Oh, okay. So I did not. Do not that. that you have to. Okay, I but, did not. Yeah. I think there's a couple of games in there that should be in the top 10. Yes, but okay. I would agree. There's and there's one that I almost put on the list and I'll explain it when I get to okay. my other pick for it. So. Okay. All right. Uh how are we going to do this? Do we want to um cuz I didn't really necessarily rank them. I just kind of said that I think these should be in the top 10. Well, we don't have each so, other's list, which I actually okay. think is interesting. Yeah. But maybe uh do we all just go through do and we just tens? name one yeah, of them, I think or we do should... we just all do 10 of them all, and then... i say we go around and do one. Okay. Yeah, let's okay. do one a bit. Well, well let's powder. roll the dice then to see who goes first. All right. Oh, yeah, I don't get the roll, do I? So, uh, for this, we're going to allow oh, yeah, it. Not, okay, yeah, because yeah, this is it's not just a regular draft. Hey, ooh, I got some numbers I can beat. Okay, uh, I not, can't. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I did not number my list, except except I had a clear number one. Left rolled a one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry for just laughing. At it was a five and a three before I rolled, and I was like, ooh, that's, I got 50% chance, chance. Okay, anyways, moving on. Okay. I didn't right. number my list, but I had a clear number one. That was the okay. one, like, of all of these, that was the one that came first. Okay. It was the okay. easiest. Okay. Um, and I... I there's only one, I think we talked about this. There's only one in my list that was in my top 10 and I kept taking it out uh, because it was not in my, yes, it's in my top 10 and it's in the BGG top 10, but I kept taking it out and I was like, I really feel like if I'm taking this seriously as sort of a pinnacle of gaming type of game, this probably should be there. But anyway, my first one and the one that would be number one at the top of my uh, top 100 well, games. You started with your number one? Yeah, I'm going to start with my number one. Wow. So your okay. list is just going downhill from here? Not necessarily. <laughs> All right. Yours is yours is numbered? I numbered mine before I came over, yes. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, I, I uh, my number one of all time on this list would be Concordia uh, because... I don't like it. <laughs> because I think it's great. I think it's a great... I, you're not allowed to talk about Concordia. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I said my number one first, <laughs> I was hoping I would win the dice roll so I could talk about it. But it, it honestly is my number one because it is so elegant. And let me tell you something. Like, I have friends that they came and played Azul at our house. They're not like a huge board game you know, couple, but they came and played Azul. And then they said, what other games they called me? And they said, what other games we love Azul. We have friends over now to, we have Azul nights. What other game would you, would you get? And I listed a whole bunch of other games and they just happened to get Concordia and something else. They love that game. That isn't necessarily what I would picked as their second modern board game, but oh my gosh, they love it. They're all over it. And it is such, I forget that it's such a simple 
streamlined game. It is just, it is a pinnacle yeah, of design. It's always a backhanded you talk, compliment. You talk about me like underground loving root or whatever. Right. Yeah. The underground most Concordia. <laughs> I have mad respect for that design. Mad respect. It's a, it's That's a good, on my AFI top 100. good pick from anyone else, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. That was one. Let's go. Keep going. <laughs> oh, I'm doing my whole list. Oh, I thought we were going around. Yeah. Oh, we're going around. Yeah. I totally misunderstood. Uh, yeah, I think we're going okay. Around. So I'm just, okay. Cause I, ooh, all right. Cause I did not uh, number these, but I will just start off. So I, I'm going to continue here with just a little bit more about my list is how Chad said, I kind of thought I'm going to pick out different categories that I think that way, if you liked a game, you went and you found, and I think these are the 10 best that would be in there. So anyways, without further ado, I'll just start off with my, Number 10, I'll say, and that is going to be the granddaddy deck builder of them all, Dominion. Mm. I think Dominion should be in BGG's top 100 or top 10. It is a great deck builder for what it is. And I think anybody out there, if you said to them, you know, this is, you know, you, you know, that this mechanic and, you know, you put cards in your hand, you're doing this. And they said, wow, what game is, what should I start with? you're going to say Dominion. And I'm not saying that as in as a gateway. I'm just simply saying is this is the game that you would want to try first before you move on to Clank, before you move on to, you know, other ones. I think this should be in the BGG top 10 Dominion. I considered this one. It is really good. Uh, and I mean, it is so simple, like action yeah. by cleanup. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And, and I do like that everything's out in front of you so you can do long-term strategizing, but you probably have to pick up some tactics along the way to mess with whatever uh, other people are doing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely like a, a Mount Rushmore type game. Yes, it is. It's made a huge impact for sure. Okay. All right, Richie. All right. My first one, uh, and it's the lowest on the list just because one, I've, I don't even think I've ever played it. Clef is going to be the expert here on this, but this is what keeps most board game stores in business. And that's Magic the Gathering. Yep. Okay. And for yep. just a dueling, you know, back and forth card game, I, I don't know how you can go wrong with Magic. So yeah. uh, that's what I picked for my my first one. That's a great pick because it. I, I had this on my list too, because I still, like, I don't play Magic. It, part of it is the collectible nature. Like, I don't want to get sucked into that. I do like what the LCGs provide because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm building a deck enough and strategizing that way and enjoying the combos. But I, 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 I have mad respect for that design, and it is... It has yeah. has lived for many years uh, because it's just a smart, smart design. It's an it's an excellent game, and it is by far the best two player dual card game that you could have out there. I had it on my short list, but I think I thought to myself, I just I don't know why. There's just there's board games, and then there's Magic the Gathering. It's his own world. Yeah, and I, I and honestly I think of it I, that same way. I just more the less the fact that most board game stores would not be in business without magic. Sure. That's why I gave it the little the bump on. Okay. I, I had right. it on my list, too. And I will tell you, um, I will tell you the reason that uh, I would I would say that is because there are a lot of people who got into the hobby starting with magic yeah. and moved on to board games. I, I don't disagree. I just like I said, I just. I just don't know if anybody's going to be like, oh, that game, and then go, oh, magic, because it's such a different world. But I don't, I like the pick still. I, yeah. I would not disagree with that. I didn't put it on my list, so it's not right. But, 
All right, back to Chad. All right. Well, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Um, keep going around. So my next one, uh, I'm just going to get it out of the way. My next one is the one that I was alluding to that is still in the BGG top 10. It is on my list. I just, I just think when I think of games that really do things right and they have... Uh, a balance of like positive and negative incentive with interaction, uh, those kinds of things, and and really tell a story through what you're doing. I have to give I have to give credit to Brass. Uh, I have to have that on the list. It is it, if I'm still going with my film analogy, it is an art film, okay? And it is like if we're if we're having somebody fairly new or newish come into the hobby, it's it's gonna you know it they're gonna have to digest that on several levels. But I still think it belongs. It's a, it's the bicycle thief in my in my uh, collection. There, totally agree. I think if you're talking, somebody finds a, a you know a euro and they like and it's and it's a heavier euro and they say, what is the euro that I should play? Then brass is it. Yes, and brass is on my list. So I'll just just chime right in here with Chad. And I'll just keep it going. I 100 percent think, and it is agreeable. It. It is already on the top ten, and I and mm-hmm. I think it deserves to be there. You know, Number whether, two. whichever one, yeah, whichever version. So yes, brass for me also. So it's on, not on my list just because so, I had that rule. Sure, of, okay. if they yes, were on there, right? So, but yes, sense. it definitely deserves it. Yeah, on you, Richie, because I just oh, brass. you're, you're just, saying brass. Yep, I'll I just, I'll just you, chime you. right in there. So my number two will be brass. Yep. Uh, so mine also, I kind of took designers into account as well, uh, and I I just feel like if you're going to get into this hobby, you need even though he's not my favorite designer, I think you need a little point salad in your life. So I think you need to play a Feld. And I think Castles of Burgundy is mm. a, a great place to start. And honestly, you can end there too. That's fine. Maybe <laughs> sprinkle in some Carpe Diem. You don't have to though. But yeah, Castles yeah. of Burgundy is the best game. And I think that that's a, a game, especially for, because I know a lot of people that when they get in the hobby, is, they're just playing with their significant other. It's a great two-player game, a great couples game, yeah. uh, Castles of Burgundy. Uh, made my short list. Made my shortlist. So. I, I, uh, yeah, I didn't have a Feld on mine, but I certainly thought of those two that you mentioned. Like, if I'm going to pick a Feld, it is Castles of Burgundy or it is, uh, it is Carpe Diem. It's Castles of Burgundy. I don't think Carpe Diem should even be close to the top ten. Maybe when they redo it for the tenth time and it looks <laughs> halfway decent. Still, yeah. still, <laughs> Castles of Burgundy is pure, wonderful, yeah, beautiful. Carpe Diem's great, but I don't think it, it's top ten material. Yeah. So. Okay. It should be said too. I think a lot of my design, uh, a lot of the the games I pick too, for better or for worse, don't have a lot of rough edges to their designs too. Sometimes we like the rough edges, like that's what sticks sure. out and is interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know, so yep. yeah, I I hundred uh, percent agree with that pick. Uh, with that in mind, and I struggled over two for this spot, but uh, and this this is from the same designer. But I think I went with with one of them because of the expansion possibilities and that's ticket to ride i I just i picked ticket to ride and i know that it's a gateway game but again the reason it's a gateway game to me is because it's so it's just such a classic like it, Mm -hmm. it it's rummy on a board i mean and everybody's played that and it's just so streamlined and you i feel like you get a lot of juice out of what it is okay uh, I thought about Airlines Europe for this, but again, like you can play 70 different flavors of Ticket to Ride now mm-hmm. and in varying uh, play times too. So th- this is my lightest game probably on the list, I think, but that's why it's there. This is getting to be a little bit crazy here. Chad and I obviously you match it up again. Chad figured it out here. <laughs> I don't think you can have a top 10 
games that doesn't include Ticket to Ride. I mean, it is, to me, the pinnacle of, I mean, maybe Catan has that top spot, but right below that would be Ticket to Ride. And I think it has to be in that top 10. Because if, once again, if you're a gamer or, you know, starting off in gaming, you go and look and you see Ticket to Ride and then you go, oh, I'm going to play this. I mean, you're going to love it. I mean, it's, I mean, everybody loves Ticket to Ride, even if it's maybe past what, you know, I mean, and for us, obviously, it's way past what we would like to play for a game, but it is still so pure. Every one of us played it. We loved it. It has to be there. So I totally, totally yeah. agree with you, Chad. It was on my short list. The, and, I, and I would agree that I think it's, because Catan, I, I feel like, still has that stigma of nerdy, you know, geeky type of game or activity. Whereas, like, when you look at Ticket to Ride and when you see it like Walmart, Target, I don't know. It just doesn't have that same stigma to me as far as. So I, I think it's a better gateway game for that reason. But hmm, okay. Yeah, I have, I have one friend who his parents have bought two of the same deck to replace their original deck. Of oh, trading yeah. cards for their game, I can that. <laughs> it's crazy. I can so that. you know, yeah. but uh, I, I will say, if we're going with my if we're going with my film analogy, yeah, it's sugary, yeah, it's light, but I mean, everybody loves singing in the rain too. So this is my this is the singing in the rain right here. Yeah, there and honestly, I mean, there there are expansions that get <laughs> there there are expansions that get a little bit more difficult. So it can grow with you, right. As a gamer, as well as you you dig in. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, I. And if I if I was to pick a number one, Ticket to Ride would Take be my number one. Oh, okay. So right. that, to right. me, I think that should be number one. Cool. So, okay. So back Richard, to me again. Back to this you. Is, yep. I don't even know why you're here, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darn so dice roll for somebody that was ready to like argue with you mightily. Like we're <laughs> yeah. way too yeah. singed yeah, up. We're having a little kumbaya here, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys can argue about with me on this one because you you won't agree with this one. So I one of the things I feel like when you're getting in this hobby and you start just buying games, is buying that game that is too much for you, that's overwhelming, that you'll play it, you may teach your wife, she's probably going to hate it, and then eventually down the line, after you've kind of figured out how to read rules, how to teach games, you're like, oh, I actually kind of like this game. Uh, so for my overwhelming game, uh, and this designer does this a lot, a lot of overwhelming uh, games that he's put out, uh, is uh, Rosenberg, and I picked The Feast for Odin, because it's just too much. It's way wow. too much out there, but I, but it, once you get it and it clicks, especially with the new expansion, the Norwegians expansion is fantastic. Uh, it's going to overwhelm you, but I think you need that when you're getting into the hobby. Hmm. So that's wow. that's my pick. That's uh, for Odin. I don't know. I think that's a little director's cut Lord of the Rings right there. It's yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but you need that. <laughs> <laughs> you need the director's cut. Uh, you know, I think you could have sold me on Caverna, but I don't know if you can nah, sell see, me I, on Feast for Odin. You need to be overwhelmed when you look mm. at it. Caverna mm. is it's overwhelming the number of pieces, but that's just because he made it a seven-player game, which it doesn't need to be. It's a four-player game max. Hmm. A Feast for Odin, no matter whether... You know, you're setting up for two players or the full four. It's it's overwhelming. All right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, that that's that's the first pick that I'm so a little bit iffy on so far. But OK. All right. We're moving on. Chad, what what game do you have that's now on my list that you're going to pick? Uh, well, I have here. I'm, I'm just going to choose this one right off. And I bet you didn't choose it. OK. Uh, and this is an interesting one. I I think if of all of us, you would be the one to choose it, but I bet you didn't. And that is Command and Colors Ancients. The reason is, listen, hear me out now. No. Listen, <laughs> okay. here is why. That is not 
though the block war game, the very first one by Richard Borg, it's not a very heavy game. It is a war game. Okay. But I didn't choose memoir 44, which has the same kind of system, but it's a little more, it's got a little more strategy to the command and colors first block war game. And I feel like of all the war games, that is an exemplary war game that someone could get into that has a very good again like to me the the card command system basically the colors and uh the command and color system with the cards is one of the best draw uh streamline mechanisms for a war game that's that's my opinion so hmm. that is why i chose this one to be in in the bgg top 10 hmm. interesting pick i don't uh <laughs> I, I i've never played it Mm. So I, I don't know. Obviously, I, I love block war games. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. Have you played any Command but, and uh, Colors games? I have not played any yeah. Command and Colors mm. games, no. Um, so, okay. Uh, well, you know what, though? I'll just I'll go with my war game pick. And I personally think, and this is, I mean, it's, uh, it's almost there, and it used to be number one forever. Uh, it's currently 14. But I personally think that Twilight Struggle should still be in the BGG top 10. It is a perfect, just perfectly done. We talked about those rough edges. There's no rough edges. It's just perfect how everything is so, you know, balanced and symmetrical with the, you know, playing and you just play off the one deck and it's just, it works so well with the scoring cards and just everything that you do. It is just an absolute perfect war game that I just think it deserves to still be in the top 10. And that, that to me is my pick for a war game that I think should be there. If somebody's going and you know, they go, Oh, I like war games. I like this. Oh, twilight struggle. I mean, not only is it such a great game, but I think the theme is so relatable. You know, maybe not everybody's, you know, knows ancient history and Roman stuff and all this, but most people know the cold war, you know? And I think so that that theme is so relatable. So that would be my pick would be for a war game would be Twilight Struggle. So nice. Okay. Yeah. Good pick. I've definitely considered okay. it. So all right. Good pick. Richie? All right. I, I had to have an abstract on there. I think if you're you're getting into board games, Absolutely. you should yes. you should mess around yes. with some abstracts and so different. Which abstract different did you games. pick? Uh Devon. Is that on your list? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Devon is part of the gift series. Uh, it's probably my second favorite game in the the gift series, but it, it's uh, just a very elegant game where you are trying to, you have these little red pieces that you're trying to keep connected to the main network. And if uh, your pieces get disconnected, then they're just wiped off the board. But uh, it's a game that once you kind of figure it out, it's, it's a game that during setup you can lose, really. Uh, so it is uh, something that you can kind of dig into. Uh, it will open you up to that gift series. So you can check out Yinch and uh, Czar and the, all the other ones as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but Devon is my pick for my abstract. Didn't they sing Whip It? That's Devo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but nice try. Look, Close. Whip it. Close. Chad, did you pick an abstract game? I actually didn't. Ooh, I really considered an abstract oh, game, but I, okay. I didn't okay. pick one. Again, okay. I, my biggest concern was like, the, the designs that I felt like I had the most admiration for. And, okay. and I, I don't feel like I have enough appreciation for some abstract games. I probably should have put one on there, but you know, yeah, there okay. you go. Yeah, it's your list. Okay. Uh, speaking of designs that I feel like are technically brilliant, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a little card game, Steve Finn's Biblios. 
I really feel like Biblios is a fantastic design. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like it molds two game phases together in a really interesting way. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of kind of getting in the other player's headspace as to what card you're going to give them and what you're going to try to vie for later and how much you think that they can can kind of counteract you later in the phases. It's I really think that that design, no matter what I think of it or how often I play it, I think that that's such a good design. I don't disagree. I love Biblios. Yeah, I do love the game. It's such a great game. I'm not sure it's a top, top 10. ten. That's we'll stretch. That's a little. It is bit the. Of a I think it's the king in me now is the new. Oh yeah, okay. uh, version. Well, yeah. I, I will be. I will be interested. Other than Magic, I will be interested to hear if there are any fillers or small box games or card games on the rest of y'all's list. Then I got one. Okay. Well, I'm gonna just hit my abstract up. All so, right, let's hear it. And I'm gonna tell you the real answer, not not whip it over here. <laughs> the real answer should be Azul. Azul Azul should be in the top ten. It is by far the most recognized abstract game out there right now. It is obviously has multiple different versions. It looks beautiful and it plays well. Azul should be the abstract game that is I in bet the, uh, the T-Rex is your favorite dinosaur, too. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm picking these as thinking about people out I there. I mean, not I, myself. I, I would say to you, uh, I, it was definitely on my list for a little bit. So It was on my short list. I, okay. Keeselin's one of my favorites. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. So, that, so my pick there for the abstract would be Azul. All right, over to you, Richie. All right. I, one of the things that... Especially when you get in this hobby, is that you you are kind of looking for those diamonds in the rough, those things that are kind of overlooked. This one's not really overlooked, but it's I would say it's overlooked by the other two games that it kind of comes from, which are Gaia Project and Terra Mystica. And I pick Clans of Caledonia, uh, just because one I think that that has a much wow. wider appeal. Okay, I like the market system in Clans. I do too. And even though well, one Gaia Project's in the top ten, so I couldn't couldn't use that. And I don't like fantasy. So I thought, but I like the, the whole income system that comes from Terra Mystica, which is now, you know, in, in so many different games, I think is just a fantastic mechanism. And like I said, with clans, I think that it it's all put together in just a, just the right way. Um, and it, a game like that should be in the top 10. Hmm. I don't, I won't necessarily disagree with you. I think it's a very, very, I mean, obviously I love it. And it's a solid Euro game. I, I think that Gaia Project probably should be in the top 10 over it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, I had my rules. But I understand <laughs> you had your rules. So, okay. All right. I think you've gone too far with this one. Ooh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Tell I, us why, I have Chad. to say, well, yeah. see, I, I just think, I, I mean, it, it's a... It's more there will be blood, like technically a brilliant design, but not necessarily for everybody. And uh, yeah, How I think it's there will be blood, not for everybody. Outlier. <laughs> <laughs> what are we Why talking about? Here? Everybody not just go for the jugular every game. <laughs> Richie, your mom doesn't want to watch there will be blood. <laughs> uh, one of the best final scenes ever. <laughs> I 100% agree with you, but. Well, Chad, you just talked me into that. That was an excellent pick. <laughs> if it's being compared to there will be blood I, I love that movie it is just not a uh, top 10 it's I, just outside i appreciate the compliment hey uh, thank you. you do you have any uh do you have any games on there that are going to be uh 
you're going to compare to humanoids, monsters from the deep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, no. Uh, well, you know, I, I think there's some sitting on your cell shelf over there though, that we could talk about. Uh, you might get splinters, though. Yeah, um, get- <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I skipped it. I passed over it. Uh, it used to be in the top 10, but I don't I don't think it is anymore. Agricola. Agricola is no, the one that really anymore. changed things. I mean, no matter what you think, some people really, and I get it. I get it. They enjoy Caverna over Agricola. I know why. I don't agree with them, but I know why. But Agricola was like, you know... Uh, Agricola was sort of the, you know, the five minute tracking shot. It introduced something, you know, into board games that uh, got carried a long ways. Uh, I would agree with you. And I think it's a much better pick than Feast for Odin when it comes to a game that should be in the top 10. I didn't put it, it was on my short list once again. But boy, it's, uh, you know, uh, for the different categories, brass kind of fit into that heavyweight category. And so that's why I cut it. Sure. But I, I think it's a good pick. If we're talking Mount Rushmore, it would be like a Mount Rushmore pick for me. But understood. Like games that I want people playing now. No. <laughs> you don't want people playing now? <laughs> it's, it's a pretty spectacular game still. I mean, just, it is. It's tough. Yeah, it's sure, difficult. Sure, sure, it's, sure. You know. It's not sitting there trying to make a you know a patchwork puzzle while you're playing. You're game. terrible at that game, so obviously that's a difficult game for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, so um, what did you just pick, Chad? Agricola. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pick my other Euroe game, and I mean, at one point this was the best game of the year. I truly believe if I am wanting people in our hobby to come in and look at games and go, okay, what's out there? I think Wingspan should be in the top 10 of BGG. It's not for me. I don't like it, but I think it deserves a spot in there for what it has done for our hobby and what it, you know, in the game that it is. People obviously love the game. It's a great, great game for that type of game that it is. And this is where I'm looking at this through, you know, I I know it's not for me, but for the, for the people out there, I would want them to be able to see that game and go, Oh, what's this? And then play it. And then hopefully obviously go, well, that's really cool. What more can I do? You know, what else is there out there and continue to move them on. And I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to make this list a gateway list because I'm not, there's certainly twilight struggle. I don't think it's a gateway game, but I want that game to be on there because I think it can help continue to bring more people, you know, into the hobby. And I think it just bridges that nice gap. I mean, I think it's almost like right below ticket to ride in that category. And that's how I put it kind of like family weight euros is what I would refer to them as. And my small little soapbox right now, Arc Nova should not be where it is right now. It shouldn't be. Why, just moved why, to number four today. I know. Why Wingspan is mm-hmm. not in that position is because for some reason. It's what hotness did, and popularity. I That's what it is. It's hotness. And I get it. Can That's you, why can all you, these I other games fell off. I just don't understand. Can you show on this why, box where Arc Nova touched you and why you have such a. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. 
not, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to bust on Ark Nova. It, it's fine. But I just, right now, I just don't think that Ark Nova should be in the, in the top. For one thing, I mean, you got to have a little bit of longevity before you all of a sudden you're up, up at number four. I mean, you know. I don't know. We'll see where we're at. Yeah, and in it's hotness. Year, so. yes, you so. made, what's it called, your number one game after one year? What? The Fister. What's the Fister? Maracaibo. Maracaibo. And then moved down. Uh, but I, to his longer. credit, <laughs> no, no, to his credit. He, I, here's he, the thing. I agree with him. Yeah. I agree 1,000%. But he put Maracaibo as your number one. So, I mean, you're arguing against. Uh, but that was me. I get that. I, I, get <laughs> that. I mean, it's the same thing, and but you know, it's what? I was more wrong. the hobby as old. I was wrong. Yes. So I in a couple of years, I mean, does, does Ark Nova all of a sudden drop back down to 50? No. I mean, it will eventually get pushed down. Uh, it's going to take a while. Yeah. And and we have to have down. another Gloomhaven come in. <laughs> there's Frost like, Haven's on there's the way. two in the top five, <laughs> which I, that's another thing I really don't like. But anyway, I agree. I, agree. Um, right. okay. I will say, though, to be fair, Clef did call it when we first played it, Wingspan, top 10 game. I, top I 10 game. He did. I, he did. He did call it. He did call it. So, yeah. talking for most people, not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't recall that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there's no proof. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion would have been my pick for like a dungeon crawl type game. But, yeah. it's but you already had in your there. weird rule. I had, my, I had my rules already. Okay. Uh, and plus, I'm, I'm in the same boat that I, even though they are technically different games, I want those combined. Right. I want the duplicates removed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I put Mansions of Madness, second edition, since it had fallen out of my top 10 here recently. Uh, but I think that that is a, a good alternative for the dungeon crawl, you know, uh, mm-hmm. get the iPad involved type game. Okay. Um, we have the tiles and you're trying to, you know, figure out the clues or, you know, just roll dice and fight monsters. So. Uh, Mansions of Madness Second Edition's my pick for that kind of dungeon crawl Ameritrash type okay. game. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, um, and 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 not to jump the gun here, Chad, because and I'll just pick. But I just went ahead and put Gloomhaven on my list because mm. I almost I just wasn't put playing Jaws you know, of the Lion that, on there, but. because obviously, even since you know dungeon crawls are not my cup of tea at all, you can't argue with the people and how much they love that game. Right, I mean, right, how right. perfect it is. I obviously I don't even know what the difference is between Gloomhaven and Jaws of the Lion. Jaws of the Lion, you just have uh, instead of all the tiles and all like a thousand missions, you just have a book that you're going through. So you're not setting up tiles. Simplified you're just, a little bit. Yes, okay. it steps yeah, you through streamlined by quite like a bit. the fourth game. You have all the mechanisms yeah. in it too. I, so. Yeah, I don't. Did you pick a dungeon crawl game? So I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't. Oh, we I wasn't were, really conscious of like trying to include maybe everything. He didn't get the list. We were doing so good to start with Chad, <laughs> and now we're. All I right. just, I, I mean, it doesn't like, like I'm saying, AFI, the top 10 doesn't have like every kind of film in it. It's okay. So. You haven't had Feast for Odin or, or Whip It on there. Another one. And th- when this came out, I, I don't care what you think of it, but when this came out, I was, I was like, I wish that I had thought of this. Like I could have thought of this. Couldn't I have thought of this? I think I could have just one is just, I mean, it's, it's just simple. It is really a simple game. And I, I swear to you, I can set that in front of anyone and they can play it and, and they will play it and argue about, you know, whose clues and for hours enjoy that game. People who don't even really like games will play that game. Uh, and I, I feel like, again, the, the, 
brilliance of it is the simplicity of the design. And it's not about a gateway game. That's not why I chose it. I chose it because I feel like the design itself just it, it does what it does so simply and engagingly. So I I just I, I don't like the pick for a BGG top 10 list. I mean, it's a great game. It is very simple. But I don't know if there's enough enough there for me to say put it on the top ten. I, I just I think that there are, for what we're describing and how we're trying to bring people, I think there are better co-op games, and I think there are better party games. What is your party game? I've I've already said Gloomhaven was my next pick. We'll just have to wait and see for a moment. So <laughs> back to Richie. I, I don't like just one. So, but there's another game that I'm going to guess is on his list. Okay. That I think. That, that I would pick if I had picked a... I didn't pick a party game uh, that I would have picked. Okay, fine. I'll just pick it. Well, I don't care. We're out of order anyways right now. So. <laughs> this whole uh, podcast no, is out of order. I mean, I, I picked Codenames. Codenames, yeah. Yeah, Codenames is the one that should be in the top 10. It has sold, I mean, 5 billion copies. It is a game that certainly has brought a lot of people into word association games. I think just one is is an afterthought. For most people, I don't. I don't think. And I would say I don't specify so, code names do wet. Here's the thing. Well, see, here's the thing though. I think I don't think code names, co- code names duet. If he's <laughs> picking, if so. he's picking it for a party game, code names duet is not a party game. Number one. Number two. Number two. Uh, I I definitely considered code names, but again, I said uh, designs well, that don't I, have. To be fair, can I finish? If your party can is I finish? centered around can I finish? just one, your party kind of sucks. I, can I finish? Too. No, yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying it's a party game. It's a, it's a card game, it's but it's a word, word association yeah, word, game, yeah. which most people would right, consider finish. more in the party. <laughs> no, let's just keep talking. Just keep talking. <laughs> All right, Ross, what, what do you want to say? <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to say is that I think that, I, I, I again, my criteria was no rough edges. And I think Codenames Rough Edges is you can get a play of that that's not very fun because somebody around the table is sitting there for five, ten minutes trying to think of a clue. And if you're not the clue giver, that's not fun. Mm. It is a great design, but there are flaws in the design. I love the game and own it, but there are rough edges to that design. I've had just one games that have gone flat. I mean, I don't think that that's a criteria. I mean, yeah. I mean, Container's a great game, but I've had plenty of flat games of it. You I know don't mind, bro. I, mean? so, I think that's the beauty of our hobby, some of those so, rough edges. So, yeah. I know, but I you just don't want don't, everything to be a Marvel movie. I, I don't feel so, like that's a top 10. Yeah. And Marvel movies are not exemplary of the I'm genre. I'm just saying they're, they're, they're the polished Hollywood can easily be force fed down anyone's throat. That is not and that's what, what I feel about just that is not what any of these <laughs> top 10s. Marvel movies are done in a in a boardroom. That's not. That's, That's not what I'm saying. In, in a boardroom, yes, you can end up with yeah, a, no. just a, a very polished thing. All right. No, that's that's wrong. I'm it's too many you, cooks Richie, in the, Richie, in the I'm kitchen. I'm feeling much better now that right. I'm, I'm not with Chad. On, <laughs> on the floor, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know. Uh, you wait with Code Days. Yeah, it's back to me. I, I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pick for, so this is my uh, uh, gateway game uh, and also my co-op game. And I think Pandemic... Just I'm just talking base pandemic um, is I mean, it's the fact that there's I mean, even today, still most co-op games are still borrowing from parts of pandemic uh, and they really have not expanded on that all that much. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like the, you know, dominion in the sense of uh, it's almost like a, a 
you know, Mount Rushmore type game for me where uh, it has done a lot for co-op games and it's also brought in a lot of people into the hobby. And I think that it, it deserves the spot in the top 10. There's only so many ways you can have a game AI to play against. And it really seems like Matt Leacock kind of nailed it. So yeah, yeah I, I, I understand that pick. I totally agree with you and I'm not going to say another game, but that's one I picked. So I'm like way ahead of you guys. So <laughs> I, I no, I totally agree. I think pandemic should not, and not pandemic legacy. I think it should just be pandemic yeah. that should be on there. And uh, no, I totally think that as, as far as co-op games go, it just doesn't get any more pure than that. And I, I, so I totally agree with that. So I've done so far. I don't know. You, you guys have had any crossover between you two magic. Okay. You guys yeah. both had magic. There we go. Okay. But uh, that would be okay. All right. So, but I've had quite a few crossovers with both of you. So, all right, Chad, I think it's back to you. Certainly. Not me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you, you may not agree with me on this pick Clef, but it's there again. I, I still think for what it is, it's a fantastic design. Uh, it is, it might be the most recent game on my list, actually. Uh, but it is Quacks of Quedlinburg. I really feel like this game is, it does what it wants to do. You can have so many people playing the game at once. It moves quickly because everybody can take their turn at the same time. Uh, and it is a fun push-your-luck game. I think it is uh, Varsha's best design in that aspect because of what it wants to do and how it does it. Uh, I won't disagree with you. I, I, it's, it's certainly not on my list, but I think it's a very good pick for what I would think could be a good game for the BGG top 100 or top 10. Yeah, absolutely. I think good. It's pick. beloved so, for yeah. sure. All right. I've got one game left on my list. So <laughs> I right. think it's on to you guys. Come back to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my, my card game or trick taking game. And that's Skull King. It, you throw down a deck of Skull King. Yeah. It's it's hard to beat, As, I mean, especially if you play with class crazy rules and you have the mm. right people around the table. You're gonna have so a blast, and uh, you know me, I I love trick taking games, love card games, and I think every collection should at least have skulking in it. Uh, so that's my pick right. for my trick taking card game. I it's cool. an amazing pick. I I just couldn't find room for it with the other stuff that I picked, but I I certainly would love to see that game in the BGG top. 10. I think that would be amazing. So. Yeah, it's a great game. I certainly, certainly like it. Oh, I can't wait to have a late night game of it at Age of Steam Con. That's right. Yeah. Six players. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Chad? Uh, my next one is uh, Cromer. And I felt like I should have one of those Ooh, on the I've list. I've never played Cromer. Mm -hmm. uh, because it, <laughs> you played Cromer? <laughs> it is a Cromer game. Oh, 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 my bad. <laughs> uh, and that's El Grande. Uh, I feel like El Grande, it, it, I mean, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of games that still borrow from El Grande. It is, uh, you know, at its base, it is a pretty streamlined game that does uh, that does area majority extremely well. And, you know, I, I looked at a few of Cromer or Cromer and Keesling games because he deserves to be, they both deserve to be represented in the top 10 because they are prolific and very good designers for a reason. And their games are some of the best. Plus, he has the best designer photo on all of his boxes. Oh, it's, my gosh. If it's I were my to, favorite. I've thought about getting that as a tattoo, actually. Yeah. It's so If good. you haven't seen it, so good. just go look Corey, up any of his games. It's, Corey it's great. Corey can hook you up with that tattoo. That's right. Um... <laughs> I think its biggest downfall right now would be its looks. I mean, obviously, 
what a game looks like today compared to that. It, people would be like, Ooh, you know, type of thing. Well, I mean, I Castles would, of Burgundy, you might say the same thing if if that were... Not when you get the... Yeah, the $300 you know, version. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Look, amazing. I, I do, for, for an area control game, I mean, uh, you know, I had another short game on my list, which was Kalos. You know, just thinking, you know, the purity of the worker placement, you know, but eventually, you know, I just thought that there are other games that maybe should be up there, but I see what you're going with. So I, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't get on you too hard for that one. So good job. So thanks for not getting on uh, me too hard. So I still have two. Okay. I still, I have one left. So it's, so still, it's let's back come to Come back to me. Okay. okay. You're not going to like this pick, Clef. Oh, you, well, Chad just said I wasn't going to like that pick and I liked it. So you're, you're not going to like this pick. Okay. You need a dexterity game. <laughs> and there's, okay, I'm not going to disagree. All right, okay, all right. okay. Uh, yeah. And Crocodile, as far as a competitive, okay, if you would have had a game, that would have been fine. <laughs> as far as a competitive game goes, competitive uh, dexterity game goes, it, you can't beat it. And it's one of those things that when you have one mounted on the wall, you got you can get a nice little heirloom piece. It, you can't beat Crocodile. I don't have room. I got Age of Steam. I, I almost included Crocodile, but I was worried that like if Clef was talking about game. that, if Clef was talking about there were there was somebody coming to BGG for the first time, they'd be like, "What is this? I'm confused. Is this a, is it a game, game or is it a, is it a game? Am I flicking it? Uh, is it a game? Is it so a, soccer no, though? So soccer? Not. Is it a game? So is darts? Is there a board? So is pool? There's no board in soccer. So is pool? Is so there is a board? Darts? So is there, are is, there boards in pool? So, yeah, it's a big one. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a board. No, but you can't give that argument and then say that darts is not, or that you can include darts. Uh, darts isn't as fun as crocodile. Uh, cornhole. I mean, cornhole. You can include the same that too. Thing. Not as fun as crocodile. Uh, I w- oh, I would say cornhole yeah, that's is true. Much more fun uh, than crocodile. Cornhole is two boards so, actually. Yeah, yeah, not as fun as crocodile. <laughs> Which would you rather play, no, cornhole and, or crocodile? And if you saw cornhole in the top ten of BGG, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fighting corner. for cornhole. <laughs> uh, I disagree. I do not think this should be there. But I will also say, if you're gonna put a game like that in there, crocodile should be the one. That's right. So there you go. How's that? That means there we go. Right down the middle. We, right yeah, there. we got there. We All got right. there. All right. Here we go. Our last picks. My last pick is it's not a game that you guys would enjoy. I think I think a lot of our audience doesn't enjoy this game, but I, I feel like if if there was any game where I was thinking about I need an example of this kind of a game in the top 10. It was probably this one, as opposed to the the other nine that I mentioned that I just thought were really good, clean designs. However, I will say that most of these kinds of games iterated off of this game because its rule set was what relatively the heck's a game. It is Resistance Avalon. <laughs> Resistance Avalon. Okay. Okay. I feel like two different games. Well, okay. Resistance. The Resistance, but the, I actually think the Resistance Avalon is is a little bit easier and more interesting. So. Yeah, I mean, they eventually released some expansion that made the resistance the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I mean, if, if you're gonna have that type of social deduction type of game, um, I, I think you you not a bad pick, not a bad pick at all. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would pick over it if I was going to. Pick no, if that I, type yeah, thing. I just I didn't put it. Cause I, I'm just what, over what, social what, deduction as a whole. I love, get it. But, love letter but yeah. would maybe be a, a thought. I understand. No, no, I, I know, think I it's a little light, you know, for what it should be. Yeah. But but it's not but the maybe, same. I don't think popularity wise. But yeah, yeah. okay. But I right. think I think that there's more rails with love letter where resistance you can 
Right. I mean, really yeah. go yep. wherever you want with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you could say, you know, you could say like, I mean, everybody knows about werewolf, but werewolf to me is too kind of weird with all the different rules okay. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And okay. All right. Well, for my last pick, um, you got to have an Ameritrash game on this list. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not all just war games and, and Euro games and such like that. And so this is another one that is actually on, is in the top 10. Um, Cause I, like I said, I just went with what I thought would actually should be in there. And so twilight Imperium four, that game a hundred percent should be in the top 10. It is the most, you know, the epic, you know, Ameritrash space, this, that everything. It just has all that packed into one box and it's, you know, it's a huge experience. And I just, I think that that game and obviously it's popularity and how much people love it. It a hundred percent deserves a spot in the top 10. So for my last pick, I'm going to go with twilight Imperium. That's uh two twilight games on my list, by the way. Just <laughs> okay. I know you considered on your short list, the uh, twilight, the deck building game too, but, uh, the role it's the rolling, right? There's the new Twilight Imperium rolling right. No, I was meaning Twilight with uh, oh. the vampires. That, oh, yeah, did that Corey, deck building oh, game. Oh, did oh. Corey pick that up? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. It was it's way overpriced for what it is. What? Oh, I mean, it was like sixty dollars for a rolling right. There's a lot of the regular stuff base games thing. like hundred and twenty. So uh, I don't still. No. <laughs> uh, I do not believe he picked it up. No. Okay. So I, sixty bucks is a little steep for a rolling right. I think it was that. I don't remember exactly, but I I remember looking nowadays. Going, I believe. Whoa, that's yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. All right. All right, Richie, finish us off. What is your last? Uh, my last one is the only one that I, I broke the rule for. It's in my top 10. Uh, but I think Cole Worley as a designer should deserves to be in the top 10. I think you, you taking a coin game and then distilling it down to where it is acceptable to okay. the you know to the masses of our, sure. our hobby. I think he's done a fantastic job with that. And Root, especially when you start throwing in the expansions, is so... Just so good. And then the app on top of it, it is just fantastic. I think it's, it's a game that if I'm introducing someone to our hobby, it's something that it would be interesting to show you this game. Yeah. Nope. Not, uh, <laughs> nope. I'm going to agree. It was my number 11. It's, it was that close. I agree with you for its, for its, uh, you know, its ingenuity. It is, yeah. it is absolutely deserves if, to be there and a great, you know, really for a war game, I think eventually this might even surplant, you know, uh, right. Twilight Struggle. Yeah. It's a, to me, it's, it's an, you know, it's a really, it's just not a top 10 game. We, we talked about, uh, here. You had Biblios on your, Biblios! I almost, Biblios I almost is used a my F-bomb right of, there. Of I came real close Whoa. to using my F-bomb right there. Whoa! <laughs> we haven't had a rich F-bomb I haven't, had to get, I haven't had a chance to use mine yet. And, <laughs> I almost used it right there. You're telling me that Root doesn't deserve to be on the top 10, but Biblios does? We are not talking about what we lo- what uh, what is our favorite games. That's not no, what we're talking, we're talking about. What I'm talking about the hobby the as, a as a whole. I am telling you that uh, Cole Worley... <laughs> I love Cole Worley. I love Cole Worley, but none of his designs would be in a top 10. They, he I mean, has, that is, that's he wild is, to me. He is the pinnacle of rough edges. I thought he did understand the assignment. I thought he, he understood these. <laughs> he has rough edges all over the place in his games. Yeah, rough edges are fine. So the top movies, some of them have rough edges. No. That's what makes movies. That's what, honestly, hey, 
They yeah. don't make interesting movies anymore because yeah. they've just taken off all the edges. I mean, let's take it's, Rambo, for instance, okay? It's got a lot of rough edges. I mean, that's not. We, I can't even have this discussion with you. Not at all. The reason uh, they don't make those little small movies anymore is because they can't make any money on the DVD sales. Yeah. So wow. there's no money to put it into a theater. So what do you put in the theater? What's going to sell? The big blockbusters that have the, you know, exactly what's going to happen when the movie starts. That's Biblios. That's just one. Uh, Root is a masterpiece. Uh, and if it doesn't belong uh, in the top 10, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, it was close for me. I didn't put it in there because I hate it. But other than that, I, would put, <laughs> no. I, I agree. And to me, that that's what I'm talking about is when somebody comes and looks at that list, I don't want them looking at Biblios or just one. I want them looking at the blockbuster best games and those type of categories that then they go, oh man, and that gets them more into our hobby. And then we, we gain more people by having them. And no one's going to, for their first game, going to go and look and see Biblios and think, oh my God, this is amazing. And I love Biblios. I do too. I but love Biblios. It's not something it's that's going to wow right you. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, and just one, there's just not, I think there's just, there's tier one games that belong there. And then there are, I don't know. I, don't know. But, I didn't know like we said, were talking Feast about own, next step games. I don't think games. should be up there. I don't. I don't, I don't think. I that, didn't know we were talking know, or, about next step games so. or whatever your your whippet. Well, and I've already forgotten the, the <laughs> Devon. <laughs> Devon. I just. I don't think those things have enough firepower to be there. You know, or star power. I mean, you know. Yes, I realize that you can watch the avant garde. You know, French film. You know, where you have to watch the subtitles. But who really wants to do that, right? <laughs> Nobody really wants to read subtitles where they watch a movie. Well, Nobody. I'm not, Life is now, beautiful. Now we're starting to lose. I'm starting to lose a little over that. That was my whole argument about the whole blockbuster thing. <laughs> is that we want, to find, we want rough it. edges. We want we want interesting new movies. And Biblios is not that. That's all I'm saying. You guys don't even have your metaphor straight. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, that's the one. I, that's the one good thing I, I have about not having either of you on my side is I don't have to worry about you invalidating my argument. Biblios doesn't deserve the top ten. But, if Root doesn't, if Root can't be on top ten, I don't know how Biblios is. But, <laughs> I think to, we can agree. Ticket that. to Ride should be there over Root. No, I didn't have Ticket to Ride on my list. I picked Pandemic for my gateway, but uh, Ticket to Ride could easily gateway. have been there. All yes. All right. All right. Mm. Shall we move on? Okay. <laughs> You're going to post rather, these on the on the BGG site, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Un, under the heading, everybody make sure to click on it because we'll we'll put it on our guild and we'll put it under the heading the games that the stupid people from BGG should have picked for their top ten and make it go like real big, okay? <laughs> Let's take a journey back in time. Oh, Let's go back to? several, <laughs> several <laughs> eons ago. Let's just stay here. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, played and reviewed Merv. Merv. And uh, what do you guys think about Merv? Do you remember that? Remember that? Remember that game? I remember. I'm, I remember being happy that Clef bought it and I didn't. So, yeah, I, I remember being happy when I sold it. Yep. Okay. You know what? I, by the way, talking about selling, I really feel like Ian O'Toole should get like a huge cut of board game sales. I feel like he oh, sells a game so yeah, much nowadays. Sure. And that game was really pretty 
for what it was, I feel like. I don't know. I don't even remember. It was a pretty game. Yes. Okay. Uh, forgettable is what I would say. It was just a average Euro in a sea of Euros that, you know, just didn't stand out and, you know. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. And I, I feel like, honestly, uh, uh, Fabio Lopiano is the designer on this one. His design, his best design to me still is, even though it was limited in player count, is Kalamala. I still I played that one. The other one. one I played was Ragusa, which I also did not, yeah. did yeah. not like at all. No, so. I mean, I think it's just a little bit on the lighter side of the Euros, and I, and they're not yeah. a lot of usually not a lot of interaction, right? So yeah. they're at least not the type of interaction that I'm looking for in a game. Yeah. Did we say our scores? No, we didn't. But uh, you gentlemen gave it twos, and I gave it a three. So okay, I think two is fair. Yeah, I think a two is fair. I mean, I I, I don't think it's a one. I don't think it's a bad game. No, no, but, no. Uh, I mean, I think that two is. I have no desire to ever play it again. So yeah, being as if somebody put it out on the table uh, right now, I try to talk them out of it. So I I'd probably go down to a two. I guess I might run away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are some of the punch punch have to say, uh, Chad? What do you got? Well, Bohemir Nepozitek said, played it twice and it was okay, but not really interesting. Square action selection looked like something new and really different, but that feeling vanished very quickly. I would say, okay, Euro, which doesn't stand out from the crowd. All right. Uh, I have uh, I have Aaron Schmitkins and my God, those two people must be the two busiest people on the planet. I know. I, know. I mean, they are making honey. They're making chocolate. maple syrup, chocolate. I mean, he posts stuff. all kinds of stuff yeah. that he's doing all the time. And I'm just like, man, I feel like a lousy, lazy type of person here. Yeah. I, mean, I just finished off my maple syrup that they gave us. Oh, man, and I finished it off way too long ago. I so I, well, I've been hiding it from the kids. Uh, did been, you really? Yeah, they've been having the crappy maple syrup. <laughs> and they, went, <laughs> so bad. they wanted pancakes oh. one morning, and then I made it, not realizing we didn't have the crappy maple syrup that I could oh. put off on them. So I had to, oh, I had to give them up. I had to give up the Schmitkins I still syrup. have some of the honey, but the maple syrup is gone. Oh, yeah, so good. I'm telling you, I can't wait for next PPCon. I mean, give me some more honey. I so, think, speaking of that, they love syrup so much and they're so good at it. I think they are kind of like, uh, they're kind of elves, probably. They don't sleep, I think. I think that might be yeah. the case. I, <laughs> I agree with you, yeah. Well, what do you say? What Aaron said, uh, we enjoyed Merv, which I'm, he's talking about him and his wife. Um, the city wall aspect was interesting. It's probably a game we'll play a while and move on from after a few plays. But we're not disappointed to have acquired it. It's a PP4 for him. So, all right, all right. nice. And Tony Lawhorn said, I played it twice. It was okay, but didn't have the spark of a great game. I'd play it again, but ended up selling my copy three out of six. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much a... Yeah, for the everyone's part, on the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, same you know, page for the most You know, part. just kind of an average type of Euro that's yeah. out there. Yeah, for sure. And with sure. everything being out there these days, it's just it's going to No room gone. for... Yeah. yeah, there's no room for that anymore. That's for sure. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, I'll just finish. So PPCon, it is up. It is out there. Uh, you just have to go to tabletop events and search, uh, Punchboard paradise convention, 2023. Um, there are, uh, rooms for you to stay at, and then you get all your meals and all the snacks and all the hospitality suite and all that kind of fun stuff. And then there's uh, weekend passes and day passes. They're all out there. So if you would love to come to PPCon, 2023 um you can get on there and get your tickets and if you have any questions 
Feel free. Um, I'm about to give you Chad's cell phone number to call Chad, and you can ask him. <laughs> Take it off. Take it off, Richie. <laughs> uh, no, just email us, and we'll certainly get back to you. We can answer any type of questions. I know a couple people already emailed me saying, ooh, you know, I don't have, uh, you know, the funds necessarily to put down the money at this exact second, but I'm coming. And I said, don't worry. I will reserve, you know, especially anybody who came last year, you know, well, I Really, if you let me know, I can certainly reserve certain spots or whatever, and you know I can help you out in that way. So, okay, all right, looking forward to it. Well, punch, punch. That's it for now. Y'all take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. All right, everybody, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Punchboard Paradise. Coming to you from the heartland of America. See how bad that would be? Showing you guys how bad that would be. <laughs> All right. The one guy. I got yeah. to ramp myself up here. Uh, you, that needs to go at the end of the episode, by the way. <laughs> See how bad that would be. <laughs>